everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. It is Selection Sunday, so I'm going to be talking a lot of Iowa Hawkeye men's basketball. That's what I have, have time to, to follow, really. I wish I could follow other things more closely. We'll talk a little bit about women's basketball and wrestling as I'm wrapping things up today as well. But want to start it out kind of going back over the last few games and what's happened. I don't want to get into the weeds a whole lot, but just some of the, the key takeaways and then talk about what the Hawkeyes have in front of them as an eight seed in Birmingham, Alabama. So who's traveling to Birmingham, Alabama? Not me, but uh, hopefully there will be some fans there cheering on the Hawkeyes. As Connor McCaffrey said, hopefully some Alabama fans will go out there and cheer against Auburn and for the Hawkeyes. But this has just been... A strange season for the Hawkeyes. At times, I thought the wheels had fallen off. There'd be almost no shot at even making the NCAA tournament. There was the 0-3 start to the season. Mix in that loss to Eastern Illinois, just a painful loss. And then the Hawkeyes were down by, I think it was 21 against Indiana before coming back to get that huge win at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. That really seemed to change the tide of the season, but it was... Even after that, it was just such an up-and-down season with the Hawkeyes winning games that you think they're likely to lose and then losing to teams that you think they're going to beat. Uh, two losses to Nebraska. The first one was on the road without Chris Murray, a little bit more understandable. The home loss was just unbelievably frustrating. And then two losses to Ohio State after that loss in the Big Ten tournament. Two losses to, to a not-very-good Wisconsin team. But you go back about a week and a half ago, and the Hawkeyes rolled into Bloomington, Indiana, faced the 15th-ranked Hoosiers, and I was not expecting the Hawkeyes to win that game. Everything just went the Hawkeyes' way, despite Dan Dockage guaranteeing a win for the Hoosiers. He was telling people, go bet on Indiana. There is no way they're going to lose. And the Hawkeyes just went in there and laid the smack down. Indiana coach Mike Woodson also was just saying some really negative, derogatory things about Fran McCaffrey. You just don't normally hear a coach say about another coach. I don't really understand that. He, I guess they haven't really run probably in the same circles. They're about the same age, but Woodson has spent you know, pretty much all of his career in the NBA with Fran being in, in college coaching. So maybe they, they just don't know each other that well, but... He obviously cannot stand Fran McCaffrey. It's kind of strange to me, too. Dockich and Woodson are so mad about Fran McCaffrey staring at a referee. They both played for Bobby Knight. If Bobby Knight, if all he ever did was just stare at a referee and not say anything, and I, you see Woodson just dropping F-bombs left and right talking to the ref. So I don't get it. I mean, Dockich played for Bobby Knight, coached with Bobby Knight. He's so offended by Fran now. Just some really strange stuff to me. But who knows? I mean, Dockich is just is just an odd duck, too. So, But that made this a little bit sweeter than normal to me, watching those guys, you know, just you know how much they hated losing to Iowa. Just complete domination of the Hoosiers at Indiana, handing them their fourth worth, fourth, Worst loss in the history of Assembly Hall. I mean, just amazing. And the Hawkeyes led by 11 and a half, won by 22 points, 90 to 68. Pretty good defensive effort for the Hawkeyes to keep a team under 70 points. 
they're rolling like that, teams usually start kind of scoring with the Hawkeyes when they have that 20-point lead. But, you know, the Hoosiers only hit two three-pointers in this game, 13 for the Hawkeyes on 23 attempts, attempts and shot 55% for the game. So Iowa was just hot in this game, which has been rare on the road. That's what was so amazing in this one. And then the Hawkeyes crashed the boards, winning that battle 39-27. to really surprised me with Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson. But Jackson Davis got his. He had 26 points. Uh, Race Thompson only four points in that game. Chris Murray also with 26. He was knocking down threes really hot. Tony Perkins, Philip Abracha, both in double figures, 23 and 16 points respectively. And then off the bench, Peyton Sanford, 16 points. He was 5 of 9 from 3. And when he comes off the bench and he's feeling it, this Iowa team is really hard to beat. Um, 16 points in just 22 minutes off the bench. That's so productive. And it was just a blast to watch. And, you know, this was the game that followed that unbelievable comeback against the Spartans. So it just really seemed to me that the Hawkeyes were getting into the groove at the right time, right before postseason tournament. And then some of the stuff that Peyton Sanford pulled in this game, just incredible. I didn't know he had it in him. He was teed up for blowing kisses to the Indiana crowd after a three. Probably not advisable to do that. Not sure how you get teed up for that. But I liked it just because he's a hot guy. If he was on the other team, I probably would have been mad. But, you know, probably not what you want to do. But we didn't hear what they were saying to him either. That's the other piece of it. We don't know what, what those fans were saying to him. But his best little thing that he did in that game was after Philip Rebracha drew an offensive foul underneath the hoop. Sanford was standing up by the free throw line, and he dropped to one knee, put one hand behind his head, pointed the other way, indicating Iowa ball. It was just hilarious. It should be a, a meme or a gif. I'm not sure if that's a gif or a meme. It's probably, in my opinion, should be both. That, that was just a lot of fun. I Like I said, I didn't know he had it in him, but just fun to see him out there having so much fun playing basketball. But then Nebraska came to town, and you know the Hawkeyes did some nice things in this game, but their inability to stop the Huskers was just unbelievable. They shot 58% for the game, 54% from three, take a four-point victory, 81-77, to and just some really astounding stats in this game. I don't want to get into it too much other than you know, poor defense for the Hawkeyes. Nebraska got every three-pointer that they wanted. Iowa only made 11 of 17 free throws in a four-point game. That's a big deal. But the Hawkeyes out-rebounded Nebraska 39-37, 21 offensive rebounds. So Hawkeyes get 21 offensive rebounds, so many second-chance points, and had 12 steals. 15 turnovers for Nebraska and just six for the Hawkeyes, and they lost the game. It's hard to wrap your head around the Hawkeyes losing a game where they had 21 offensive rebounds, 12 steals. The other team commits 15 turnovers. You're getting fast break points. You're getting uh, points off turnovers. You're getting second chance points. But Nebraska couldn't miss. The Hawkeyes even hit 12 threes, but only 32%. So they took 37 three-point attempts. But their defense or lack thereof, the inability or just un unwillingness 
to pound it inside to fill up and crisp when trees aren't falling. You know, when they when they need to string together multiple scoring possessions. That seems to be lacking with this team. So, no Luca Garza now. No Keegan Murray. Chris is a little bit more of an outside player. He can obviously score inside. He just seems more comfortable outside of the paint. But at times they really need him scoring more inside, and he, and he can do that. He, he's proven that. But he had 22 in this game, but just 3 of 13 from 3, 8 of 22 overall. Phillips struggled a little bit inside, just 10 points on 5 of 14 shooting. And it seemed like it was Hoiberg's plan to pack it in the lane, let Iowa shoot threes over and over. The Hawkeyes are on. They're going to win by 20. But if they aren't making their threes, that was Nebraska's only chance at winning the game, and it worked. Uh, Perkins, just six points, only played 25 minutes. I think it's because Patrick was hitting threes. He was 6 of 10, uh, ended with 23 points. But I would have liked to see Perkins in there a little bit more, trying to get to the basket. Stanford was just 2 of 9 from 3. Connor McCaffrey, 8 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists, and was just completely robbed at the end of the game. Connor McCaffrey was, and the Hawkeyes were. He should have had a basket and a free throw. It could have potentially cut the Nebraska lead to 1 point with 16 seconds remaining in the game. He drove to the basket, jumped in the air. He, he made could have been his signature basket as a Hawkeye. He banked it in and got fouled, and the ref called an offensive foul with the defender sliding over, and McCaffrey hit him on the shoulder. It's not like he hit him in the chest. He didn't hit him in the gut. He, he, he grazed the guy's shoulder, and the guy fell down. It's just a horrible call. Really unfortunate that Connor didn't get that moment. Uh, the team didn't get a chance to potentially foul, you know, Nebraska makes both free throws. You're still only down by three. If they if they make one, miss one, you're only down two. And got a chance to win or put the game into overtime. So so that was disappointing. And all of the momentum from that big comeback over the Spartans and the blowout of Indiana just seemed to, to come to an end. Kind of a lackadaisical loss to Nebraska at home on senior day. And with a two-seed at the Big Ten tournament on the line. It's really unbelievable to lose that game under those circumstances. So it was off to Chicago for the Hawkeyes for the Big Ten tournament. No double bye after the loss. They had to face the winner of Ohio State or Wisconsin on Thursday afternoon. And Ohio State is the opponent after they held off Wisconsin. Ohio State up by 27 points that lead was reduced to around four points near the end of the game I, at one point it was a 19-2 Wisconsin run it seemed like kind of a good draw for the Hawkeyes considering these teams were having to play hard less than 24 hours before they were going to face the Hawkeyes but the Hawkeyes just kind of fell flat the 69-73 to loss and like with most Losses for the Hawkeyes this year, they shot horribly from three. Four of 17, just 23%. The Buckeyes were seven of 18, 39%. And that was really the story of the game. Iowa out-rebounded Ohio State by two. Did turn the ball over a little more than normal with 11 turnovers versus just 
eight for the Buckeyes. So, you know, give Ohio State credit for not turning it over much, especially playing their second game, like I said, in, in less than 24 hours. But in that in that Big Ten tournament game, you know, Chris Murray, 17 points, six rebounds, five assists, but he was just two of eight from three, really struggling from long range for much of the last part of the season, other than that Ohio State game. And he hit the huge one at the end of the Michigan State game as well. But he's a good shooter. He'll get that back. He just seems to really be drifting a little bit on his shot, kind of leaning back, almost a fadeaway three-pointer. He'll get that straightened out. And then Rebracha led the Hawkeyes with 20 points. Perkins with 16 points, six rebounds. And a really good rebounding guard at 6'4", Perkins is. Ulysses McCaffrey, just one point total for those two. And then Sanford didn't even attempt a three. He did score four points. Patrick McCaffrey with nine. He was one of four from behind the arc. So once again, the Hawkeyes were sunk by poor three-point shooting and lose to the five seed. Well, they Hawkeyes were the five seed. They lose to a 13 seed Buckeyes team. And there were some strange fouls in this, but overall the Hawkeyes got outplayed. You know, they need to figure it out for the NCAA tournament. They've had quite a break here. They're getting quite a break before their game on Thursday. So resting some guys up, and and sounds like they're really determined to get some wins in the NCAA tournament. So let's, let's hope for that. And, you know, the, the bummer about losing to Nebraska, losing to Ohio State here late in the season, you're ending the, the year with those two losses is it did move the Hawkeyes to an eight seed. They might have been a seven seed or a six seed had they beaten Nebraska, maybe won a couple of games in the Big Ten tournament. But uh, unfortunately, they are an eight seed, and they're going to have to face one seed in Houston if they can get through the first day with a victory. And, you know, you always hear a, a faction of fans that are frustrated with Fran McCaffrey and his record in the NCAA tournament, and even in the Big Ten tournament. And other than last year with that really just exciting, fun four-game run to win the Big Ten tournament, you know, it's been kind of rough for Fran's teams when it came to the, the Big Ten tournament. And, and I get it. You know, we all want more success in the Big Ten tournament, and especially the NCAA tournament. But, you know, Fran has had fair amount of success as far as regular season games. You know, this year was a little bit up and down. It really could have been more special, but the Hawkeyes really struggled beating teams in the bottom half of the league for some reason. They they, they did better, it seemed like, against teams ahead of them in the standings. But if you go back, you know, and look at Fran, when he took over the program, it was just in an unbelievably horrible place right after Todd Licklider for the cupboard was completely bare, and he had to build the team back up, and he did so with a fun, fast-paced brand of basketball, and then after that first season that was really rough, then they made it to the NIT in year two, advanced to the second round, and then made it, made a run to the finals of the NIT in year three, after winning 25 games, counting those tournament games, and falling in the NIT championship, but Year four, the team was back to the NCAA tournament for the first time since, I guess, Steve Alford's second to last season. Or I think it was his second to last season. But, you know, that year, 
you know, the Hawkeyes were in that first four and they lost. It was a close game, but that didn't impress fans much. It's almost like not making the NCAA tournament when you lose in those first four games. I don't even know why they have those. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But years five and six, Fran led the Hawkeyes to 12 and six records in the conference and first round NCAA wins. But, you know, then there was a bit of a lull with the NIT and, and, and no tournament in a couple of years. One year NIT, one year no tournament before going on the current run of five straight NCAA tournament appearances. So, you know, that's that's pretty impressive. And, well, I, I shouldn't say that. They would have gone in the 2019-2020 season, but the tournament was canceled that year due to COVID. But the Hawkeyes won 20 games. They were 11-9 in the conference, so they would have, would have been selected for sure that year. And... You know, two of the last three included first-round wins, although the Hawkeyes were a two-seed in 2021 when they lost in the second round to seven-seed Oregon. And then last year was the disappointing loss to Richmond as a five-seed, losing to a 12-seed. Just, you know, tough way to end the season after that great run in the Big Ten tournament and coming out champions there. But I, you know... I'm happy that Iowa's getting to the tournament. It'd be nice to see them advance past the first weekend, get to a Sweet 16, maybe an Elite 8. One of my biggest memories as a kid was Tom Davis's first year at Iowa in 1987. Uh, the Hawkeyes were 30-5. and five. It was the 86-87 season, I believe. Hawkeyes were 30-5, and five, made a run that Elite 8 as a two-seed, beat Santa Clara, UTEP, Oklahoma in overtime, the big three at the buzzer by Kevin Gamble before falling in the Elite Eight to one seed UNLV and Jerry Tarkanian. But that's the thing with the NCAA tournament, just crazy things can happen. And if this team gets on fire, they could win some games. I really think it's going to come down to three-point shooting with this team. They don't seem to to really want to pound it inside if they're not hitting threes. They just kind of keep keep launching them most games. And it would have been really huge in the offseason had the Hawkeyes gotten another big, you know, a, a center, a post player in the offseason and look for them to, to really work hard in the portal this year in the offseason to land a big because they're going to really need it. They're losing their whole front court. But, you know, the Hawkeyes are in the dance as an eight seed, and they're going to be facing nine-seeded Auburn in Birmingham, Alabama, just two hours from Auburn's campus. And Connor McCaffrey made a joke saying he hopes a lot of Alabama people show up to cheer against Auburn, and probably not a ton of, of Hawkeye fans are going to be traveling down there. I'm sure there will be a nice little contingent transplants that dope would make it over and, and, and some other people that that will make the trip but uh, this is such an exciting time of year I love it and there are some interesting storylines it seems like there always is when it comes to the NCAA tournament for the Hawkeyes and, and Bruce Pearl head coach for Auburn was an assistant at Iowa for years under Dr. Tom Davis Matt Catons now an Iowa assistant was an assistant under Pearl for a few years uh, before he went to Drake he became an assistant coach, and Auburn, kind of similar to Iowa this year. Some nice wins, some losses that don't look too good. 
they just lost to Arkansas by three in the SEC tournament. So like Iowa, they were one and done there. Prior to that, nice win over Tennessee. And they just lost to Alabama, one of the one seeds by five. So, so not a bad look there. But they lost by 32 to Kentucky. And they don't have a real dominant score, but they have four guys averaging between 10 and 14 points. Another guy averaging about nine points. Johnny Broom, he's their leading scorer, averaging 14 points, eight rebounds, a couple blocks a game at 6'10". And it's really a veteran team. A lot of upperclassmen. Um, they play really good defense. Their scoring is just kind of wild. It kind of depends on who their opponent is, it seems like. But they, they don't score quite like the Hawkeyes do. Um, definitely not to that level. But they have eight guys who play a lot. They can go as deep as about 11 got 11 guys that play about nine minutes per game or more and most of the time they'll have a three guard lineup out there Auburn lost nine of their last 13 games this season but when you look at the teams they were playing in those last 13 games Texas A&M twice Tennessee twice Alabama twice so you know they're a battle-tested team and it should be an interesting game and a, and a fun game to watch Auburn they do some pressing. They do some running and gunning, too. Um, but they really like to pride themselves in their defense. So it should be a really interesting game and a fun game to watch. I, I like this 8-9 matchup here for the Hawkeyes. And I think the Hawkeyes have a good shot at winning. They're going to have to hit some threes. That's kind of what it's come down to this year. And if the Hawkeyes can get past Auburn, they'll likely face Houston. I mean, obviously, they're the number one seed only seen one number one seed ever lose and you know that's the bummer about losing to nebraska at home and then ohio state in the first game of the big 10 you know, dropping iowa to an eight seed but hey you know you're playing you got to get past that first game and then you're just going to know you're going to be playing a good team no matter what i'm okay with the draw i don't know as much about houston they're not a real high scoring team uh, they don't have the schedule. They don't they don't play quite the schedule that some of the other teams do. So I think maybe that favors the Hawkeyes a little bit. And you know the Hawkeyes are battle tested after playing in the Big Ten. I think it's a better draw for the Hawkeyes than the other ones. You know you think of Purdue with the tough matchup, the seven four center Zach Eady. Tough matchup for the Hawkeyes. Kansas, the other one, Alabama. Alabama's just looking so good, so athletic. So let's see what happens on Thursday. A win in the tournament would just be really welcomed. And an upset on Saturday would be just incredible. You never know what happens. It's it's March Madness, so crazy things do happen. And it's wild. There's six Iowa teams that made the tournament, uh, the NCAA tournaments. You've got Iowa men and women, Iowa State. Both teams as well, and Drake, the men and women, made it into the tournament. They had to win their conference tournaments to really ensure a spot. So pretty impressive having six teams in there from the state of Iowa. Iowa State in the men's bracket is a six seed. Drake is a 12 seed. And don't count Drake out. They're a pretty nice little, little team, nice program that Darian DeVries has going on in Des Moines. And then the women's bracket. South Carolina, Indiana, Virginia Tech, um, 
one seeds and Stanford. The Hawkeyes did not make it as a one seed. The Hawkeyes are a two seed facing Southeast Louisiana. People were hoping for a, a one. Hawkeyes are ranked second. So, you know, I don't quite understand how that seeding works in women's basketball, but regardless, the two seed is great. And hopefully they'll get the chance to meet the number one seed, Stanford, and hopefully come out victorious. So that is going to be fun to watch. You're talking about an elite team with Lisa Bluter and Hawkeye women, led by Caitlin Clark. And don't forget this week, this week it's the National Championship for Wrestling in Tulsa. And Spencer Lee, let's look for him to, to get another championship. Real Woods has had quite a year. He's been just an awesome transfer. Been fun to watch him. Hopefully he'll be able to get a championship. And Interested in seeing what some of the other guys are going to do. Tony Cassiope, the heavyweight. Uh, he's got some, some tough competition there. But good team. Good wrestling team for the Hawkeyes this year as well. Just and Penn State is just loaded across the board. So uh, it'd be a huge upset if Penn State doesn't win it all. But it is here, folks. March Madness is upon us. So let's hope that, that both the men and women get rolling, get some wins in the tournament. And uh, it's it's just so much excitement. Let's just hope that everybody enjoys the next couple of weeks. You don't want that one and done. That's what was disappointing last year. The tournament's just starting. You're excited. When you lose that first game, it, it just kind of kind of ruins the tone of the March Madness in, in the next couple of weeks. So hopefully the Hawkeyes can get a win and then just think of how incredible it would be if they could knock off a one seed. I mean, there's a lot of work to get that done. But like I said, it is March Madness, and they call it that for a reason. So enjoy the next couple of weeks, everyone, and go Hawks!